open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 in verse 32. I've got a great message sitting on my desk at home. It's just, it's neatly printed. It's got wonderful things in it. Maybe for another time. You know, in all my time of ministry, whenever the Lord has done something like this, I never go back and teach that message. It's just crazy. That's funny. So that was for me last night. So God loves me. Praise God. (laughs) Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Look at what it says here. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. This is talking about God sending Jesus and delivering him up for us on that cross. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Wow. You know, the Bible says in another scripture that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So think about this. The God of heaven, when you were dead spiritually and separated from him, he loved you so much that he sent his son who took your place to make a way for you to know God and to walk in his quality of life. How much more now, because now you're a son and daughter of God, how much more through Christ does he give you freely all things? All things. So in other words, today, whatever you need, whatever you want and desire from him, he's already given it to you. He's not, in other words, he's not withholding anything. He's not withholding your healing. He's not withholding finances from you. He's not withholding peace or joy or strength or direction. He's not withholding the desire of your heart. He's already given it to you. And then he put his spirit inside of you. And the mighty Holy Spirit is in there to lead you and guide you into all the truth. He, he's, in other words, he's, he's literally in you to lead you and guide you into laying hold of all that he freely gave you. It always says he freely gives. Even in Revelation, man, there's two places in Revelation after it's all over, after the millennium's over, now the new Jerusalem comes out of heaven and God the Father tabernacles on the earth with man. The curse is gone. New heaven, new earth. He says this, whosoever will, let him come. Let him drink freely from the waters of life. With God, it's always a whosoever will, let him come. When Jesus was on the earth, he said, whosoever will, let him come. Why did he say that? Because that's what he heard his father say. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Faith, whosoever shall say, can have the faith of God. Right? So this is powerful. So now jump over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. God loves you today, and this is a time for you to lay hold of everything that he has for you. You need it. Not only do you need it, in these perilous times that we are living in, you are to live days of heaven on the earth. Supernatural protection supernatural provision, supernatural health, right? All of these things, supernatural strength, supernatural peace, supernatural joy, walking in the presence of God, being led by the Spirit of God. The Lord is my shepherd and I will not lack. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's with me. And if he wouldn't hold his own son from, from he would, if he wouldn't not send his son, I mean, he literally saw man and went, I have to send a sacrifice. Jesus is like, I'll go. Right? 
He'll freely give us all things. So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but, you could read it this way, but we have received the spirit which is of God. Wow. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us from God. Wow. When God put a new spirit in you, he took the old one out, and this new spirit has the capacity to see and know things. And then the Holy Spirit, the great agent of divine revelation, the revealer, is on the inside, and he is there so that you and I would know the things that are freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit will help you know that healing's his will for your life. The Holy Spirit will keep you when you see no way for that desire of your heart that's there, that burns inside of you, you see no way for it to come to pass. You can be at peace because you know the Holy Spirit is there so that you can know that, wait, God gave this to me. I don't have to see a way of it coming to me. He'll make that way for, for that to happen. I can rest in him. Do you see that? This is so important. Look, actually, let's just go on. Let's read this. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, but we don't speak them in the world, in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Ghost teaches. We compare spiritual things with spiritual. He explains this. Listen. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. In other words, you cannot know God, or you cannot know what God's will is, or you cannot know what he's freely given you by looking at natural things. You can't do it. it makes no sense, right? But the natural man receives not the Spirit of God, for they are foolish, or the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Wow. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you to give you spiritual discernment so that you can see the things that have been freely given to you because you can't perceive them with your senses. Right? But through faith, you will see them in your life. But see, seeing's not believing. You have to believe first. Believing is, is seeing, right? It always precedes seeing. Hearing will always precede healing, right? So, so God's here to help you. So now let's jump over. Let's look at Acts. Acts chapter 17. I love this scripture. Acts chapter 17 in verse 28. When we first started the church, um, we named the church Church on the Move. And this was the scripture why we did that. We decided to change the name because we were tired of moving from, <laughs> from Elkhorn Ridge to, you know, Kiewit and, right? And within 12 months of us changing the name, we were in this building, right? But we still move in him, right? Acts 17, 28, it's for in him that I live. Say that with me. I live in him. I live in him. Right? In him I move, and in him I have my very being. Everything that I am is in him. This is so important that we see this. Hallelujah. For in him we live and move and have our being. Wow. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we also, for we are also his offspring. Do you realize that? When you pray, don't pray, God, I ask, no, no, no. Yes, he is God, but he's your father. You're his offspring. The Bible says 
that you were birthed by the incorruptible seed of the word of God, right? This word is God's seed, and it produces. You were redeemed. You were taken out of darkness and put into the kingdom of God by his blood. But you were born again by the seed of the word of God, right? To be honest with you, everything from God that will be born into your life will come from this word. Everything, everything. You know, Mark chapter 4 says that, that it's the word that produces. That's why many Christians are frustrated because they're trying to produce a certain lifestyle, a certain behavior. They're trying to produce certain fruit in their life that's only produced by the word. Does that make sense? The word, all the pressure, put it all on the word. Don't put pressure on yourself, right? Your job is to rest. Your job is to rest. So, so let's look at this. We're talking about in him. Well, who is he? Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. You probably won't have time to take a lot of notes today because we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, I believe. John chapter 1, verse 1. Just write these down. It says, in the beginning was the word. That, that's the Greek word logos, the divine expression. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Wow. And the word was with God. It's the Greek word pros. It means the word was face to face with God. That's why as we run our race, Hebrews 12 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus because you are to walk face to face with God. His eyes are always upon you, right? So, so if, I, I want you to see this because this is kind of what we, what we feel sometimes, right? So Pastor Dave, can you be, Jesus for a minute. Can you come up here and Okay, so he's my shepherd. So go ahead and and see people think it's like this. I'm no, just go ahead and turn that way and walk and and so he I'm following him. That's not the way it is. Okay, let's go let's go the other way now. So now this is the way it actually is. I'll keep you from running into stuff. Go ahead and turn around and look at me. It's face to face. And then he's like, "Come on. Come on, Tony." You can do it. Tony, look at me. Don't focus on all this other stuff. It's face to face. Okay, thank you, Pastor Dave. Always know that. The Bible says God's eyes never leave you. He watches you sleep. He sees you drool on your bed, right? Right? Yeah. And he loves you. If you're a parent, you know this. It's awesome to watch your kids sleep when they're little babies, right? It's just, it's just so cute. God loves you so much. When you mess up, all he wants to do is say, hey, let go of that death. Come on. He won't violate your will, right? But he, he'll always woo you to let go of death and, 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 and grab hold of life because he's given that to you. I love that. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. The word is God. You can never separate God from his will. If you want to know who he is, you have to look at this. He will never, because see, this is, this is the divine expression of him. Jesus, as we're going to learn from this chapter, is the word of God. And he reveals the Father. Right? It says, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. This is talking about Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. He made all things. In him was life. 
And the life was the light of men. The light. In other words, that word light means development. What will develop you as a child of God so that you can grow into the man or woman of God? It's the word of God. Right? In him was life. And his life is the light of men. It's, it's what develops us. Now in verse 14 it says, And the word was made flesh. Literally in the Greek, And the word seized hold of and took upon himself flesh. Jesus in, in glory, in heaven, he unclothed himself with all of his power as the creator of the universe. And then he took upon, he clothed himself with flesh so that he could be a sinless sacrifice to the point where he had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit when he got baptized. Well, if he was, he as God does not, God does not need to be anointed, right? But he is the anointed one. Why? Because he lived as a man. He did everything on this earth as you and I are to walk right now, right? But we have to realize this comes from knowing him. And the word was made flesh and he dwelt among us. I love that. He tabernacled among us. The Bible says after the tribulation period, we go into the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus will set up his kingdom. Everybody's removed from the planet. New heaven and new earth, right? He renovates this planet with fire he has to clean out the atmosphere, no doubt, because of all that will happen in the tribulation period. And then, at the end, we have the white throne judgment where all the unrighteous dead, the people who never, who chose to live for themselves and not receive that sacrifice of Jesus, will have to be judged for their sin, sin that Jesus already paid for. They'll be lost in eternity without God the lake of fire, it's called the second death, and then the new Jerusalem will come out of heaven and it says that God the Father will tabernacle with us. Isn't that cool? Well, right here it says, and he dwelt among us. Jesus tabernacled with us almost 2,000 years ago. It says we beheld his glory it was the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. He was full of grace and he was full of truth. So now jump over to Revelation 19 and I want to solidify this. In Revelation 19, I believe it's verse 3 here. Let me just double check. Hallelujah. Yeah, Revelation 19, it's verse 13. This is talking about the second coming of Christ to the earth. Actually, we'll just start in verse 11 because it's so good. And I saw heaven opened. This is at the end of the tribulation period. And behold, a white throne. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. So, in the end time... We're at the end of the church age. Then there's going to be a war right after we're gone in the, in the rapture of the church, and there will start a seven-year tribulation period. At the end of that, Jesus will come now. The second part of the second coming is, the first part's the rapture. He doesn't come to the earth. We're caught up in the clouds with him. The second part is where he establishes his kingdom on the earth, Right? Then, for a thousand years, we'll rule and reign with him. Now, I want you to be very careful because there is a teaching out there, and it's called preterist. You should, you should remember this. It keeps coming around. Where they say that the tribulation period literally was back in, like, the time of Nero, and that we're actually in the millennium right now. I have a great friend who wrote a book on it. It's a very thorough book. 
and man, we agree on so many things, but this, be careful with that stuff, right? I mean, people, they fight wars over pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, whatever. The pan theory, it's all going to pan out in the end, right? I mean, here's, at the end of the day, if it's not a pre-trib rapture, if it's a mid-trib rapture, which there is a mid-trib rapture, but it's not, it's not us, but let's say it is, so what? If all of a sudden you see some world leader sign a seven-year contract of peace in the Middle East, you could go, wow, pastor was wrong, right? Guess what? You're still going to have to walk by faith, walk in love. You're st still going to be protected. That, that'll be shocking to me because the tribulation period, it's for the Jews. It's not for the church. But those things don't mess you up real bad. But this preterist thing, wow, because it takes away a dimension of hope and it really takes away a dimension of acceleration that you and I are to live in as believers. When we see the end of our race, we need to go faster, right? I don't even know why I said all that. Anyway, and, and if you disagree with that, it's okay. I'm never going to debate you, and I'll respect you and love you. But as pastor of this church, run from that stuff, okay? Right? I have a good friend, like I said, wonderful friend. We agree on so many things. He's a powerful minister. And he got off in this stuff. And, uh, you know, like, I, like I've told him, I just, I can't agree with it. I read the book. I've read a few books on it. I can't wrap my head around it. If you've ever talked to someone who embraces preterism, it, there's nothing to lay your feet on. Right? It's just, it's just strange. So anyway... Maybe somebody's watching online and somebody's leading them that way and just be careful, right? Just be careful. Uh, anyway, let's go on. It says here, and I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name, hmm, he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. And then it goes, and his name is called the Word of God. What is Jesus' eternal name? The Word of God. Jesus is the Word. When you are reading the Bible, you are literally spending time fellowshipping with Jesus. Amen. Eternal life flows from his word because eternal life is knowing him. Amen? Okay. And his eternal name is the word of God. Wow. So important. So let's keep going with this. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and let's look at some things here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In the Greek language, you could translate this, all scripture is God-breathed. It was penned by different writers, but it was breathed by God. Okay? And is profitable for doctrine. That means instruction. This will instruct you how to live your life. But you have to see it. You have to have revelation knowledge of the word of God, which only comes from the Holy Spirit. And it only comes as a result of you putting this first place. So if... In your life, the word is not first place. You're not going to hear or see much of it at all. Okay? So this is important. It's profitable for reproof. In other words, it gives you proof. It will give you proof that healing's provided for you. 
proof that God is your provider and will meet your financial needs and will meet all of your needs. It's proof that everything in the kingdom of God works on seed time and harvest. So if there is no sowing, congratulations. I hope you can do it, make enough in your life. But even with that, there will be toil and it will all be subject to being stolen from the enemy. Right? Have you ever met somebody? Man, I knew a guy in California, multi, multi-millionaire, worked hard, lost it all, built it all back, lost it all, and now he was building it all back again. I've known people that were very wealthy, that their kids hated them, right? They're no longer married. Their life is a disaster, right? I've heard of people that had this incredible lifestyle that all of a sudden have a terminal disease, and everything changes, right? Live in a 15,000-square-foot home, mansion, but can't walk, can't function, have to be taken care of. God does not want that for any of you, right? So this, it's, it, it's, it's literally our proof. For correction, that's a big word. It literally means correction, you need correction. You're going to need correction today. Right? Because here's, I love this. If I start moving this way, down on the inside, it's like, no, 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 no. Come back. Right? For correction. And it's also profitable for instruction in righteousness. It instructs you. You are righteous, but you got to be instructed at how to become aware and walk in your righteousness because it says in Isaiah 54, as you walk in your righteousness, as you're aware of that, you are fixed and immovable. You're established. You'll be far from oppression for you will not fear. From terror, it won't come near you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn the tongue while not condemning the person, Right? Your children will be taught of the Lord. Great will be the peace of your children if, if you know how to walk in your righteousness, right? So this is huge. And all this is because God wants this for you, that the man of God, that's male and female, may be perfect. I love this word perfect because this word perfect means fresh and complete, God gave you his word so that everything is fresh in your life. Right? Look at this, that you may be perfect, fresh and complete. God wants you whole. Do you know that the word is what causes you to walk in completeness and wholeness? And he also wants you thoroughly furnished or thoroughly equipped to do good works. We didn't go into it, but Matthew chapter 10, we talked about how God gives us all these things freely. But in Matthew chapter 10, it says, hey, listen, freely you've received. Therefore, freely give everything about your life. If you're walking in a revelation of what God has done for you, it, it burns in you to show others and to and minister to others. If that's not there, don't beat yourself up. Just go back and find, get some revelation knowledge on, on that, and it will help your life. So the Word, who is God, makes everything fresh, brings wholeness and completeness into your life. It does everything. So now let's jump over to the book of Psalm, Psalms because we can't talk about the Word of God without going to Psalms, right? We're going to go to Psalm 119, but before we do, let's go to Psalm 19. Let's go to Psalm 19, and we'll look at verse, hold on, I'll tell you in a second here. Psalm chapter 19, I think it's verse 17. Don't you love the word of God? Psalm 19, it's verse 7. 
it says the law of the Lord. Now, as a New Testament believer, you know what it's talking about, right? It's talking about the word of God. It says it's perfect, and it converts the soul. Romans chapter 12 says it this way, that your life, in verse 2, is transformed through the renovation of your mind. James says it this way, when you implant the word of God in your, in your, in your heart, right, it brings wholeness to your soul. That's why it says converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, guess what the testimony of the Lord is? The word. What is it? The testimony of the Lord is sure. And it makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord. What are the statutes of the Lord? The word. The statutes of the Lord are right. And what, what do the statutes of the Lord do? They will cause your heart to rejoice. In other words, the rejoicing of your heart flows out of you knowing the word of God. Or your heart rejoices when you're walking in intimate fellowship with God. The commandments of the Lord, or the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The commandment of the Lord. What is the New Testament commandment of the Lord? That we are to love our brothers and sisters as God loves us. Put that under the this, the commandment of the Lord that is pure. And it is pure. You can't fake that, can you? Right? You know, you know as you're sitting here, if you care about your brothers and sisters and love them unconditionally or not. Right? But look at what it does. It enlightens the eyes. It brings revelation into your life. Isn't that amazing? As you walk in love, you will gain revelation knowledge of so many things. That's how come you want to stay far away from offense and unforgiveness. Right? A real good friend of mine, minister friend of mine, just faced something this last week where he was super, I mean, just massively betrayed with, with, in, in front of all of his peers. And man, he's hurting, you know, been, been part and in relationship for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, Right in front of all of his peers, he is betrayed, he's put down, treated rudely, and now he's hurting. As his friend, what am I to tell him? Man, you got to let that go. you got to forgive. You, you, because, because unforgiveness and offense, it has roots. It'll grow roots if you let it. You get it out of your life. I don't care if you got to... I mean, bless your enemy. That's why God says, listen, do good to those that despitefully use you. Why? Because you got to walk free from that. So we walk in love. It's very, very important. Hallelujah. The statutes of the Lord are right, and it causes your heart to rejoice. Don't you want your heart to rejoice? Walking in revelation knowledge. Life, 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 life. So now let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Hallelujah. You guys doing okay this morning? It's like we're just getting a big bath, right? Look at verse 9. It says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto According to thy word. 
So your way is your manner of life. You could say this, your way is your behavior as you walk through life. Taking heed to the word of God is what will cleanse your way or your behavior as you're walking through life. That's why right now we have Christians that will go and hook up with somebody in a bar on Saturday night and then they'll come and, and be leaders on the worship team or just coming to church and, and they'll praise God in the morning. Right? Why is that? Because they're not taking heed to the word of God. The minute a Christian is, is pressed in an area, they give into their flesh. Why, why is that? Is it because they're just not a very good Christian? No. They're just not taking heed to the word of God. Listen, have you figured this out yet? You can't straighten out your own behavior. You want to change? Great. This is how you change. Okay, Lord, here. Here I am. Help me. you got to empower me. Over and over, God says, I will literally empower you to want to do my will. And then I'll empower you to do it. All you got to do is be willing and obedient. So this is where it all starts, by taking heed, by taking heed to the word of God. Look at verse 11. I love the way it says it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might sin against you. You know, this is so good. Let me go back. Verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. Look at this, verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. You want to walk free from stuff? You got to seek God with your whole heart. You can't, you want to get free from something, you can't be holding on just a little bit. Right? How do you overcome the flesh? You starve it. I'm going to starve you, flesh. You can't preach to it. You're not going to renovate your body to never want to sin. It has the sin nature in it. But in order, it's real simple. To walk, to walk away from anything, you just starve it. Well, how do you starve it? You feed your spirit, which will renew your mind, which will cause you to starve that flesh. Right? Look at this. I've sought you with my whole heart. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Isn't that interesting? I'm seeking you with my whole heart, and oh God, I'm trusting you to empower me so that I don't wander from them. Right? Look at verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart. See, that I might not sin against you. In other words, you can't be putting the word of God in your heart while sinning. You have to stop putting the word in your heart for that behavior to change. Interesting. So see, Satan will beat you up for your behavior. Well, don't give in to that. Because the shame of sin will drag you back into it. Focus on getting his word in your heart. Start saying, Father, I'm seeking you with my whole heart. I desire you above all things in my life. Your mind will be like, you're stupid. That's a lie. You know, while you're saying it, there are no feelings at all going on. It has nothing to do with feelings. Trust me, the feelings will be there, but not right away. Just step out. Look at this. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Then look at right away with my lips. In other words, you're going to have to say something. Have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth? Wow. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Do you see? I mean, think about it. 
you're given $100 million or the Bible. Do you know you're made to where he is so irresistible to you that there is nothing on this planet that can compare to him? Now, that's just masked by your flesh and by your unrenewed mind. But who you are, if you'll start moving in this direction, this is for you. What am I saying? Your capacity to love God is unlimited. You are actually made to hunger and thirst after him because he is the most, I mean, wait till you see him face to face. I mean, I have these little moments all the time in my life. I'm having one right now where I just sense him. And it just, it changes everything. But wait till that veil's removed. Wow. I'm still trying to figure out a couple things. Okay, the new earth is going to have no sea. That, that, that kind of tilts me a little bit. And he's going to wipe all of our tears away. Man, I'm telling you, when you see tears around me, that's a really good thing. Now, I might look to some people, maybe he's unstable, what's going on? No, 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 no. I'm never more stable to where, I mean, the more I can't read the Bible because of the tears, the better it is, right? Wow. With all my lips, verse 13, have I declared all thy judgments with thy mouth, of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Wow. See, the more time you spend delighting in him, the more right desires from your heart will start to rise up and, and literally become greater than the desires, your own personal desires or the desires of your flesh. Psalm 37 says, you delight yourself in the Lord and he is able now to give you the desires of your heart, which are expressions of his will for your life. Many Christians are struggling because they're not seeing God's plan for their life. And it's not because God doesn't want to show it to them. They're just looking at the wrong thing. They're delighting in the wrong thing. And it's dulling them. Isn't that interesting? Look at verse 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. There is no better counselor than the Holy Spirit, which testifies of the Word of God. Now, it's wonderful if you, and boy, if you find one, please let me know, because they're so rare. I know so few counselors that are full of the Word and led by the Spirit of God. That's great if you could find a human one, but if you can't, don't worry about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. His price is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, praise, we, we praise God for godly counselors that can help us, but they have to point us to the place of getting us to embrace the word of God. Otherwise, there's no change long term. Hallelujah. Let me see where I want to go from here. Look at verse 47. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. See, you'll only delight in what you love. Wow. Verse 65. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. See, God deals with you and I according to his words and according to our words. 
Everything is according to his words, but it's, it's brought to pass. We have to agree with it, right? Because your will will trump God's will for your life. You can choose not to live for him. You didn't have to come to church today. You don't have to meditate in the word of God, right? You don't have to renew your mind to the word. You don't have to do any of that. God, a, a, an angel won't be there with a flaming sword saying, do it or else. That never happens, right? And, and this is why this is so important. It says in verse 68, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. See, why do we hunger after the word of God? Because we know that he's good and that he does good. Do you know there's a lot of your brothers and sisters that don't know that? They think that, that they, they don't put it together, right? They'll say, well, yeah, God's good, but you know, he's he's putting this sickness on me or he's at least allowing it or he won't take it from me because he's trying to teach me something, which completely violates the word of God. But God does good. In James, he says every good and perfect gift comes from him, right? So we got to get this right. Teach me your statutes. See, if you don't know that God's good and does good, you're not going to want to hear about what his word is. And this is the way you're going to be in church. You're going to just be sitting here going, yeah, whatever. Right? Or, or if something comes from the pulpit and kind of slaps you a little bit. Right? I mean, I could sense the whole preterist thing. That, that slapped some people. I don't, I don't know if anybody was here, but slapped some people watching online. Right? I hope they, hope they check us out again. Right? That was click. I'm going to listen to Jesse. I'm going to listen to Kenneth or Keith Moore, right, or Andrew Womack. I don't like that guy in Omaha, right? Who is he anyway, right? But this is, this is why, if you don't know he's good, if you don't know that when you reach out, he's always reaching down, if you don't know that he's given you everything because he wants you to have his quality of life, you're not going to be a student of his word. And this is why this is so important. In verse 89, it says what? Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Settled. That means it's established and it stands in heaven. Wow. In other words, it's time to let go of your own doctrine and embrace God's doctrine so that you can get God's results, right? This is so, so very important. Then you go down to verse, let me see here. Look at verse 105. His word is what? A lamp to your feet. It will show you where you are. And a light to your path, it'll show you where to go. Do you see that everything is about the word? What are we talking about today? Jesus is the word. This is how we walk. We walk in fellowship with God and his word, right? So, no word, no fellowship. No light. I, I, you got to see that. That is not preached enough. Man, don't let Satan detract you from getting in the word of God, right? Don't spend all your time reading books about God. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. If preaching that you're sitting under is not filled with the word of God, run. Don't listen to that. I love this. It says in verse 130, it says the entrance of his words gives light. Wow. The entrance or the opening of God's word, you've seen that before with me, right? When you open, when you open the word of God, it's like opening a bottle, a bottle of water. The water's the word of God, right? When it's opened, and guess who can open the bottle? 
Guess who opens the word? Only the Holy Spirit. And he can only do that if you want him to. Right? That entrance of thy words give light and it gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding. This word in the Hebrew language means it gives perception and it gives discernment. It helps you to see and know things. See, in this world, sometimes something can look so good and it looks like you're supposed to be moving in this direction, right? But you're not. So you got to be careful. You know, I went to one of the, in my opinion, I went to the best Bible training center on the planet for Tony Finley because God called me to go there. But it wouldn't be the best Bible training center for somebody that's not called to go there. Right? You see Christians all the time. I mean, Christians that are hungry for God that all of a sudden are turned on to a book or turned on to a teacher or they go somewhere and they go to a church and they visit and they just are like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. I'm moving here. Oh my gosh, you know, he has a Bible school. I'm going to it. Time out. Relax. You little child, baby Christian. Relax. Just, just get full of the word and let his, let his word direct you. Because otherwise, have you, ever, have you ever gone in the wrong direction? That's not fun, right? And Satan loves it because you waste time. And guess what the most precious thing you have is? Time. Time, right? This is so important. Gosh, I feel like a dad just talking. <laughs> Gives understanding to the simple. Wow. So now go over to verse 165. Look at what this says. Great peace have they which love thy law. Or in other words, New Testament believer, great peace have they which love thy word. Great peace have they which love thy word. I want to finish in Psalm 119 by verse 172. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. This is righteousness, right? So let's go. I want you to see another prophet. Go to Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah 15 in verse 16. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. It says, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and look at this, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Wow. See, a man will have the joy of the Lord by the answer of his mouth. But what do you answer? You answer circumstances or situations with the word. Because the word is the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So if you're sitting here, if you're fighting depression, if you're fighting loneliness or sadness, get the word in your mouth and start declaring it, and it will completely dispel that. It'll take you out of that. Right? Because you're not alone. Your future is bright. But the word will show you that. So now we got to go to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 24 because I want to finish this thought about this with verse 35. I love this. It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away. What that means is heaven and earth will change from one condition to another. Heaven being the initial environment and atmosphere around the earth and the earth. It's not, we're not going to live on a new planet. He's going to renovate this one, but it will be new. Do you know what that means? That this planet will have the new car smell forever. <laughs> right? 
I mean, think about that. If God makes something, it never loses anything. Heaven and earth will pass away. They might change from one condition to another, but God says, my words will never pass away. Aren't you glad? Because God said to you and I, I love you with an everlasting love. God said, I will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. God said, I'll keep you from falling. God said, I'll make darkness light before you. God says, I'll make all your crooked, crooked places straight because he loves us. Man, this is so good. I love that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. So let's look at God's word. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4. Gosh, I feel like I could just... I love God's word. It's life to me. I hope this is just... I hope something's happening onto the inside of you to where you make a commitment to run hard after him. Hallelujah. Verse 12. For the word of God is quick. That means it is full of life. That means if, he, if God ever has you act on his word, it's full of life. There's no going backwards. You know, Pastor Dave, he gets up here and does such a phenomenal job when he receives the offering. Those messages, I think we could put those messages into a book and they would just be phenomenal. Did you notice today what he said? Well, this is a big thing. He said, God stirred him to start believing him for a suit. And then somebody called him up and said, hey, I bought four suits for 25 bucks each. You want one? He went and tried it on. But could you imagine if he would have went, well, now, wait a minute. God's supposed to give me a suit. I, I shouldn't have to pay 25 bucks. Hey, thank you anyway. That must not be it. Right? He would have missed the Lord why would he have missed the Lord? Because he, was, he would have got into the how it's going to come to pass. Why am I saying that? For some people, God might want to move in your financial life, but what he directs you to do might be something your flesh doesn't want to do. Just do it. Because the blessing's there, Right? Yeah, but I don't want to work in a drive-thru at McDonald's after I work an eight-hour job. Or I don't want to go to work cleaning offices or stocking shelves. And, and do, I don't want to do that and take my whole paycheck and just start sewing it. I just don't want to do that. You'll miss it. Right? I mean, I remember I was working at four McDonald's and I started working out at this gym, and, and because of the favor of God, they hired me at the gym so I didn't have to work. I mean, you know how happy I was, right? Who, who want, could you imagine working at four McDonald's in Southern California? You have to drive to them. Like one was in Newport Beach, one was in Anaheim, right? One was in Irvine, and then one was in El Toro. So, I mean, you could see the white threads underneath the rubber because they were polyester tires back then. Right? And, and the, the first winter there when I was driving this car, it was like a monsoon. I would be driving up the 405 freeway and I thank God for the reflectors because I couldn't see in front of me. It was raining so hard. And if I got above 40 miles an hour, the front of my car is just doing this because there were no treads. I'm sure there were two angels just kind of bumping me back and forth, right? I went and had my car fixed one time because it just was kind of acting up. And they had, and I don't know what these things are, but in my 73 Brown Maverick, it had something called points. I don't even know what that is. But anyway, the guy, the guy goes... I know, yeah, seriously. 
Brother, I could probably change oil if somebody held a gun to my head and, and I had an owner's manual, right? So, yeah, don't, don't add, I mean, this is why I do what I do. This is all I do. Sorry, you know. You want me to cook? Ego waffles. Right? Anyway, where was I? So anyway, I, I just finally, my car was kind of sputtering or whatever, so I went into this place, and the, and the guy goes, yeah, your points, man, they're just fried. I don't even know what that means. And he goes, he goes, I didn't see a tow truck. How did your car get here? I go, well, I drove it. And he goes, no, you didn't. And I said, no, I did. He goes, there's no possible way this car would start because these have been gone for a long time. I was driving, but I had no money. I had no money to fix them. But I got my check, and I had money, and then I got it fixed, right? I mean, I mean, the tires never blew. And you know, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but I don't drive slow a lot. And, and when I was 17, 18 years old, I, I was probably too stupid to realize on bald tires, you should not be driving, right? Think, could you imagine if I lived in Omaha? In snow? Because I grew up in Chicago. You know, thank God I never, I never drove in Chicago, right? Probably would have died on the Dan Ryan Expressway or something. But when I lived there, you, I, we lived in the city, so you didn't even have to drive. But anyway, God has been so faithful, so trust him. Trust him. The word of God is full of life and power. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. What does that mean? It will show you, the word will show you, is this my idea or is this the leading of God? Right? And of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. That's what the word of God is. So, therefore, you should do Colossians 3.16. Let's go over there. I know I could quote these scriptures, but I want you to look at them. Because it says here in Colossians 3.15, or 3.16, it says, let. That means you have to do something. You must allow this to happen. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In other words, if you want the word to dwell in you richly, worship's going to be a big part of it. That's going to be a huge part. Right? Now here's another thing we got to go do. This just jumped up. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Guys, I could tell you today that these scriptures are literally for us today. For, for, for us right here, for those watching online, but to equip us right now. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God. <laughs> I wish people would actually read that. Because people walk around with their chest out. I've got my degrees. Let me tell you how I'm approved of God. No, no, it doesn't say tell. It says show. Because when you study, what happens? Revelation comes. Who does that come from? The Holy Spirit. Does that have anything to do with the person studying? No. Other than the fact that they were hungry enough so he could reveal the word of God. How will you know if somebody is approved of God? Just watch the anointing in their life. Study to show yourself approved. Isn't that good news? A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word. This means to rightly divide the word, you make a straight path so that others can understand the word. 
rightly dividing. When you rightly divide the word, that means it has to work from Genesis to maps. And you present it under the anointing, it will be simple. And it'll cause a straight path. It's not going to be like, okay, you know, if you spend the 900 hours that I spent, then maybe you could know that. No, that's not the way God is. Freely we've received, freely we give. If there's anything good from this sermon today or anything in my life, it's him. If there's any shortcoming in any of it, it's me. Does that make sense? So this is huge right here. Rightly dividing the word of truth. See, when I minister, when you minister the word of God, you want to rightly divide it. Why? Because it makes a straight path so that others can understand it and follow it. See, it's not like this. And if you do, have you ever sat in, in meetings and you're like, oh, I got it. Yeah, I got, okay, I understand. And then all of a sudden they start going in a direction. And you're like, ah, okay, what was that? You know, and pretty soon it's like, okay, I could do this. I've got two balls in the air, then another, then another one. And by the end of the sermon, you're going, I've got 800 balls in the air. There's no possible way I could do this. Gosh, I, gosh, I sure wish that I just knew what Pastor Tony knew. And you do. You know everything I know. Why? Because you have the greater one on the inside of you. Actually, it's better because I could never tell you your path, but he can. Wow. I'm going to close with this. John chapter 8. Boy, there's so much I could go into. John chapter 8. You guys know this scripture. I'm still learning it. Verse 31 and 32. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if, if you continue, that's if you remain, if you abide and you endure in my word, then you are my disciples indeed and you will know the truth. You'll know the truth. Verse 32. And the truth will not set you free, the truth will make you free. You have been free born. Born free. It says in verse 36, whoever the Son hath made free is free. Is free. So you are free today. And as you walk in the word of God, you will know the freedom that you've been given. In God, he will, he will literally come into your life and change everything that's not in line with what God's word says. I mean, he'll make darkness light before you. Every crooked place, whether you made it or it was made for you, he'll make it straight. And it all happens as you believe his word, as you, well, I should say it this way, as you honor and respect his word, right? Which means you're honoring and respecting him. You believe his word and you receive his word and then you walk in it. Amen?